from Silicon Valley, California. This is Fresh Dialogues. In the second part of my interview with Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist Tom Friedman, we discuss how he uses his platform to drive forward the green agenda. Tom shares his views on the resignation of Obama's green czar, Van Jones, and how he himself deals with critics. The interview was recorded in Silicon Valley on September 10, 2009. Tom, thank you very much for joining me today on Fresh Dialogues. In Davos this year, you asked, am I a bad guy for wanting to be China for a day? In light of the resignation of Van Jones, do you feel you're a bad guy? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel Van Jones is a bad guy either. So. Absolutely. Um, but no, in Van that Jones environment of criticism yeah. that he bowed to. You know, I don't really care. Um, I say what I say. Uh, I think there's a big audience for what I say, and I don't really pay attention to the critics. Right, so you, you just turn a, just a keep deaf ear? On. Yeah, I hear it, and it's fine, and it's a free country. You can say whatever you want, but I've got a, I've got a, my own bully pulpit, and I use it. And I don't use it to shout back at critics. I use it to get my message out. I'm looking forward. You know, the caravan, the dogs bark, and the caravan moves on. Right. I'm in the caravan. But you don't feel that that detraction, you know, the Glenn Beck and his ilk are getting stronger and are going to be energized by the Van Jones resignation? Well, you know, here I am giving a green talk uh, here at Danza College. Um, we had 2,500 people last night, 2,500 people tonight, 2,500 people tomorrow night, actually paying money to come hear this and other lectures, not only my own. And so you were here last night. I think the audience was really paying attention. Absolutely. Uh, really motivated. Did everyone agree with every word I had to say? God, I hope not. You know, that wouldn't be a very interesting audience. Um, but I think people understand the stakes. They're living it every day. They know the climate's changing. And, um, uh, you know, the Glenn Becks and other uh, opponents of these ideas, uh, they'll have their audience and, and um, I have mine, and, and uh, let the best man win. Uh, that, to me, that's really what it's all about. I, I don't spend my time dealing with my critics. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got a great podium. If you're criticizing me, God bless you. I mean, you, I'm not above criticism. Uh, my focus is on my ideas with my audience. No, I'm not, I'm not intending to mm-hmm. criticize you, but oh, I'm no, just I'm curious. Telling, yes. no, I'm going to tell you that's what my philosophy is. So, right, yes. Um, I think you'd have to Google a long, long time. To find a column, I dare say, you'd have to Google forever <laughs> to find a column where I've actually addressed, sort of personally in any way, one of my critics. Good for you. My feeling is um, I'm out there, and therefore if you can't take the heat, don't be out there, number right. one. But why would I waste a column on one of my critics right. when I can write about you know, these really interesting ideas for my audience who cares. So what I always say to the critics is, you may be writing about me. I really appreciate that. But don't think for a second, I'm going to waste a column on you. Good for you. Good <laughs> so, for you. I like that. Uh, that's, so that's my feeling. I, I've got this great platform in the New York Times. Why would I waste it on one of my critics? By the way, they're entitled to their criticism. I'm not in any way saying that. I'm out there. I'm, my mm-hmm. ideas, you know, uh, and, and sometimes you even learn from critics. But you move on. Right. Yeah. Talking about journalism, mm-hmm. what is your feeling on the future of journalism? What is morale like at the New York Times today? 
Well, I think it's getting better. Um, I think there's a feeling, hopefully, we keep our fingers, we've hit bottom. And uh, stock's creeping up. We've just announced that we're going to start a pilot project here in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, whereby um, every Friday and every Sunday there'll be two local pages in the New York Times of San Francisco News. And we're going to go after some of the papers out here um, and try to win readers here. And I'm very excited about that. So we're pushing forward. Ideas are coming out. And Is I'm, that going to change I'm your column say, at all? No, no. Uh, it's I, more I local really, news. It's more local news. Yeah, right. We'll be writing okay. about the Bay Area. But, okay. Uh, I met with your colleague from the New York Times, Maureen Dowd, earlier this year, uh and she shared with me that you guys get together for a daiquiri from time (laughs) to time, and she said, and I quote, when when Tom is feeling down about climate change. (laughs) So I'm curious to know how the daiquiris are going. Has has there been a lot of daiquiris recently? I mean, in other words, are you feeling more optimistic or less optimistic since you wrote this book, Tom? Um, you know, I, I am going to hedge that. You know, Maureen is my dear friend, and uh, we do, you know, confide in each other about our, our moods at different times. And, you know, right now I see a lot of things that are very exciting happening, exploding, really, on a kind of small scale, but they haven't achieved yet a critical mass. And um, when you're talking about changing the climate, you're really talking about critical mass. And so that's really what's missing. Uh, we still haven't got so a lot of exciting things happening, a lot of good buzz. People's ideas are changing; they're in flux. They're much more open to all of these arguments, but it hasn't yet been translated into policy at scale. And you're still waiting for that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that. And what do you see as your part? You talked about being in your bully pulpit. Yeah, my part is simply to use my platform as a journalist to try to drive this agenda that I see as important. I mean, I have the great good fortune of having this platform, and. Um, and I use it. I use mm-hmm. it to drive this agenda. Because you've also been, I think you hooked up with John Doerr, I think mm-hmm. it was in January of this year, and you went before Congress. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you describe what your expectations were for that and if it's something you'd want to do again? Well, you know, it was a very informal kind of hearing. It wasn't a formal hearing uh, that was sponsored by Barbara Boxer, the senator, Democratic senator from California, on cl- uh, climate change and energy, and uh, John and I were the, um, uh, the two uh, main sort of expert witnesses, as it were. And uh, it, it went great, but no one, you know, intervention like that is going to be decisive. It, it takes many, many more at many different levels, most of all from the president. And did you enjoy the experience? Is it something you'd like to do again? Uh, it was fine, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um, it wasn't like uh, wow, you know. I mean, they, <laughs> we, I, what I appreciated was how serious Senator Boxer was in her questioning and her colleagues. They were, they'd done their homework. They were serious, and um, to the extent that got out and, and you know appeared in other ways, uh, whether it was on YouTube or C-SPAN or um, just on their respective websites of the senators, I think uh, it really contributed to something. Great. And let's talk about the future. What's the next book, the next travel plans? Where's the next story, Tom? Well, the book Hot, Flat, and Crowded is coming out in paperback in November, uh, right before Thanksgiving. And I've updated the book um, significantly. And um, I'm very excited about that. And now that I've done that, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I'm, I'm just sitting back thinking. I'm in the market. And I read your column about Botswana, and you, you waxed mm. lyrical about how beautiful it was, yeah. you know, going back to nature there. What is it that drives you forward? I mean, you could retire tomorrow probably, but what is it that drives you to keep writing these thought-provoking, insightful columns? Well, I care first about the issues, so that's what drives me. 
Secondly, I have this platform where what I care about can be heard by a lot of people. So, uh, and third, I'm having fun. Um, I, I have the best job in the world. I mean, somebody has to have it. <laughs> I've got it, and you don't. Um, I, I get to be a tourist with an attitude. I get to go wherever I want, write whatever I want, about whatever I want. Um, and they pay me for that. And it's a great job. And, and I get to be part of this discussion, debate in the world of ideas, people agreeing with you, disagreeing with you, trashing you, praising you. You know, I enjoy it. I, uh, it's, it's why I'm here. You know, it's what I do. I, uh, I wouldn't give it up for the world. And I still enjoy getting up every morning and hitching up my, my, my trousers and getting out there and opening my laptop and, and taking on the world. Yeah. Great. Well, Tom Friedman, thank you very much for joining me on Fresh Dialogues. My pleasure. Appreciate thank it. you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen. For more lively interviews with many more leaders, go to freshdialogues.com. With special thanks to Carol Picora for technical support and Kevin McLeod, who wrote and produced our music. Music.